Michael, the John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show. Thank you, and and all, for being here. I have no idea who Sherry's co-starring with. I don't know whether you got the news or not on that one. Jacob. Sonny Bono. Bono. Hold on. Hold on. Here she comes now. Sherry, you're co-starring with. Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono. Bono. <laughs> they, married, Chris doesn't send married them with to? pronouncers. Who is he married to, uh, I, I, have no, I have no idea. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me give you a hint. Ready? Mm-hmm. Babe. I got you, babe. <laughs> it's not It's not helping me. Is it? Is they he ma- say our love won't pay the rent. Is, are they? I don't... He's all been spent. Babe. <laughs> are they married to the Bono of U2 fame? No, it's Bono. And next, his, next. His, <laughs> thieves, <laughs> thieves, <laughs> tramps, and thieves. We're here to find the people of the town. They hold us. Thieves, thieves, tramps, and thieves. And every night all the men would come around and lay the money down. Um. Okay, share. You just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Got it, John, John singing gave me enough time to Google. <laughs> Golly. A minute and a half that took. <laughs> you are getting an education on this show, Jacob, of all the famous people that are dead. Whatever that's worth. Good. Right? Yeah, thank you. Sunny. Bono. Bono. Then went on became the mayor of what town? Um, I know you're Googling. Never mind. Who cares? <laughs> but, but more importantly, how did he die? It was a fascinating... I mean, it was a really crazy way he died. Jacob? <laughs> Matt Markovich is in here giving me hints. Matt something Markovich, about by the way, joins us <laughs> now. Watch out because, for that uh, well, tree! Yeah, <laughs> he hit a trick while skiing. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. All right, moving on. Next story. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So you've been going down to uh, Olympia, getting a chance to be able to watch. Are they? And the biggest sort of bill that has been kicked around and got the most amount of attention is the House committee looking to pass modifications with the police pursuit law. This thing was going to be blocked. Uh, finally, got a chance to get pushed through. And what changes are going to be made? Well, there's going to be some uh, just. Fudging changes, just a few little changes. Now, just to put this in perspective, this is the 11th hour compromise. Today was the last day, the cutoff day for people to approve a bill. And therefore, if they can't get it approved by a committee, then it's it's dead, basically. And right. so yesterday, they came up with a compromise to this pursuit bill that basically said law enforcement can use reasonable suspicion. That's the lower legal limit uh, to pursue a car. Uh, probable cause is a higher limit to pursue a car or vehicle. Uh, reasonable suspicion if it's someone is believed to have committed a violent offense, vehicular assault, assault in domestic violence, and a DUI. Other than that, you see a car, hey, that dude, that guy's just got my SUV, it's, he's driving away with it. The cops can't do that, but they can do all the rest of what I just said. Do they have to see this stuff occur in front of them? They actually have to see the crime? No, no. They what? Okay. What the difference between reasonable suspicion and probable cause, as I've been explaining, is is you know if if you get a call that there's a domestic violence, somebody assaulted somebody, 
and you see that, and it was like a dark sedan, and you're in that neighborhood, and the police and the radio, they hear that, and they see a dark sedan pull in front of them. They can pull them over now with this bill. Mm -hmm. Um, Before, they couldn't do that. Okay. How about when DUI, uh, where are they? Do they make any changes regarding No, that, that's the way it always been, always has okay. been. It's just, that's just, uh, it's always been there. So, so this was like an 11th hour thing and, and, and put in the bigger picture, cause you're asking what's going on down there. This is the scramble mm-hmm. drill. You know, this is, as I described it, uh, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament right now, oh, where you have all 64 teams out there and they just played the first round. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm waiting for some theme music here, but Andrew's asleep. Okay. We're not sure we're allowed to use. So sorry. We're realizing we're not sure we're allowed to use that particular. Oh my gosh, the NCAA first... can be so litigi- litigious. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. My first little musical stinger for you, John, <laughs> and that's a, that's a failure. Um, That's all right. You know, so- hear Andrew singing a song. Here we come <laughs> to it down the street. No, all right, moving on. So, <laughs> so uh, no music for you with the NCAA. But so you're right. You're right. So the, all the stuff sits there. If they don't get out, the the brackets get busted, and then mm-hmm. the stuff moves forward. Right. But going back to to this uh, pursuit thing, how about the idea that cops pull up next to somebody, throw the lights on, and the guy keeps driving? Is that still the case? Are they still going to be able to um, just drive away from a police officer? Yes. The short answer oh. is yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, good. So, good. yeah, they uh, if they pull him over, and we're still waiting on a bill like, you know, the, the, the uh, fix-it ticket, if you have a taillight out. Uh, and the people, cops can use that as a reason to pull you over. Well, there's a bill right now that prevent anything like that from happening, which, and then opponents of that argued, like, you know, you're told that if you're kidnapped and you're in the trunk of a car, kick the taillights out because you're hoping that a cop would see you and then pull them over and you could be rescued because you're being kidnapped. Well, that's one reason that people actually argued against that bill. So there's a lot of reasons why police, uh, are upset or frustrated now because one, they can still, pull them over and they can drive away. And unless they did those reasons I just told you about, the police can't chase them without probable Mm -hmm. cause. And probable cause means they have to have some third party information like that partial license plate, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, description of the guy, specific description. That's, that's a higher level to pull somebody over and that's probable cause. But without that, uh, if you pull somebody over for a suspected, like, Hey, I think you may have committed the violence, but I'm not sure uh, they can just drive away. So, Matt, this is a severely watered-down version of, of what the original HB, was it 1363, was um, you know, supposed to be or intended to be. It almost didn't make it out of committee. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the likelihood of this version passing? Um, very unlikely. I mean, it. Uh, well, uh, yeah, because once it goes to the Senate, so it's just past the House committee. Now it has to go before the House Democrats. And the Democrats, I mean, this was an 8-1 vote in the committee. The Democrats are the ones who are really, and they're in charge. They're the ones who don't really like it on the House. And then if they, if it passes the House, there are a ton of Democrats in the Senate that don't like it. They've already not even decided to not even hear this, a similar bill. So, uh, it's got a long way to go. And the governor even said that, you know, he'd like to see a change when I asked him the question about it yesterday. Uh, He said he'd like to see a change, but he won't. He wants something in front of his desk. He can't do anything until it gets to his desk. 
Was anybody making the arguments that if you see the increase of a crime, you see the increase of auto accidents, uh, fatalities on the road, uh, less guns being taken from cars, less stops, less searches? Does anybody ever, t- I know causation, uh, you got to make the connection between the two, but did anybody make that argument saying we are not able to stop people that are breaking the law because they drive away? Um, they steal cars. They drive away. Did anybody connect all the dots and saying if you hold, if you handcuff the cops so that they can't stop people, you're less likely to be able to have the law enforced? Did, did anybody draw those? Yes, sort of yes, connections? they. Yes, yes, they did anecdotally. But see, here's what's going to really happen, and I'll bet my house on this one. They also Uh-oh, passed, and I have a small house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they also, but it's on the lake. Um, uh, uh, they also passed uh, a bill on both sides. They sent in house to study the matter, and that's oh. what's going to happen. They're going to study one. The house bill says a convener study that will end the end of next year, and the other one in the Senate says end, end in October of twenty twenty five. And then, uh-huh. so this bill has a two-year sunset clause, so that allow this uh, study to take place. So in the meantime, that's why it's a compromise. We'll give the officers a little bit of well, here's a here's where you can chase really after the real bad guys, uh, mm-hmm. violent crimes. In the meantime, we're going to study the matter, and then the, and all those questions you just brought up there, the causation, and you know mm-hmm. uh, how many people are we not pulling over, and how many people are escaping. That's all going to com- supposedly come out in the study. Okay, because I'd seen so. But, go ahead, Sherry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, what, what are the, what has been the reaction from from the cops, from the people that are advocating for this, that are on the front lines, actually having to do the job? Are, are they can't be they can't be satisfied with this version of it? Oh, not at all. In fact, you know, as you, if you, it's all part of this big uh, safety initiative that the Democrats are pushing this year. A bunch of bills. Um, they say they need this to protect all of us and to catch the bats. And, and an example. Um, like I use the taillight thing. They said mm-hmm. that in, the Washington State Patrol said 15% of all their DUI arrests start with a broken taillight or something like that. They pull someone over, they smell alcohol, they arrest the guy for a DUI. So they're taking the guys off the road because of this. And now you're going to take that one element away from us and we're going to leave drunk drivers on the road. So the police are very frustrated at all levels uh, with these bills. They don't even like the... It's like, okay, I'll take what I just got, what was just passed yesterday, but I don't like it, but I'm gonna, at least it's something. Mm-hmm. So Virginia passed this before us in 2021, and they have seen the exact same thing happen. They have a higher fatality rate on the highways. They have less arrests. They find less guns. Crime continues to increase. They went from 576,000 police stops a year. They dropped that down. I forget the percentage, maybe by 30% or something. So they're making less stops. They make less arrests, and they find less guns. The only arrest uh, from 2%, they now arrest only 1% because they make less stops. Basically, this whole thing, it's not about safety. What it was, they were saying, well, disproportionately more black drivers are stopped than white drivers, and more black drivers end up in a confrontation with a police officer, either wrestling with a cop, hitting the cop, or driving away from the cop. So, therefore, let's stop the interaction between the police officer and the driver, uh, because then we'll be, we'll be protecting more lives. That was sort of, I, I believe that was what this thing was built around. So, in order to believe that the cop 
you have to, in order to, to stop the whole thing, you have to believe one of two things. Either more black drivers are driving faster uh, or interacting more often with the cops because there's more cops in their neighborhood or driving more distance than a white driver. Or you have to uh, or you have to believe that cops are racist. You you want to believe more black drivers drive a little faster than white drivers and are around more police officers because they're in areas where more cops are or cops are racist. Well, I'd that's think- that's where the argument would have to come down to. Yeah. So what they're trying, what they're saying is, well, we're going to believe that the cops are racist, so we're going to write this law so that the cops have less interaction with the black driver. Well, discrimination comes up on, as a, a number one uh, argument in a lot of these that uh, the ticketing, being pulled over, jaywalking, which we've talked about, uh, is predominantly. People who are affected by that are people of color that receive a disproportionately amount of tickets or arrests right, and right, things but, like but that. But to make that argument, you have to say it could it, you give one or two things, either more blacks jaywalk or cops are racist. Is it possible that more black people are crossing a street in a higher urban area that have less traffic signals and there's more police happen to be in that area? All of these things could be true. Or do you believe the cops are racist? I hope that's I mean, a rhetorical that's a, that's question. A I'm not asking, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not asking you to, to yeah. you have your little house on the lake. Just leave it as it is. I'm just <laughs> pointing out that you're trying to, you always assume the disparity between the white driver and the black driver. The answer is always colored in, well, racism. Could it possibly be that somebody might be driving with more broken taillights? Could it be possible that they're driving more distance? Could it also be t- possible that they're younger drivers and therefore make more mistakes? You have to include all of those things into it. You just can't just simply say, oh, all these cops are racist, and that's why they're pulling over the black driver. Well, I'll tell you what an argument that did come up at where it kind of makes us in the media culpable is that when we keep talking about how the police are saying people are fleeing, um, I, I came, uh, the Washington State Patrol sent me some stats two weeks ago, which, which just absolutely stunned me. And I'm just going to paraphrase them, uh, because I did a story on a while ago. It, they said in 2019, they found that roughly two, they had 200 people that fled when they got pulled over. They didn't stop or they didn't stop. Failure wow. to yield, they call it. That was roughly 200. It, it was crossed over into the 300 mark in 2021. Last year, it was nearly twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. It went, and that's all because this ability that the criminals know. Hey, you can't pull me over, or I can, and I can drive away. And everybody knows that. And now those are real numbers coming from the state patrol. The significance of what this bill took over. It went from three hundred to twelve hundred failure to yields, and that's just the Washington State Patrol. So people are the people are aware that they can't get pulled over, and they're fully taking advantage of that. And I think that's contributing to, I think, even the speeding that we're seeing on the highway right now. Just It just mm-hmm. seems it's super fast, and people are just cutting everybody off because they know they can get away with it. Do you think Mr. Mr. Phillips, who pays his taxes, has two kids and goes to church and, um, you know, drives a, you know, you know, regular car, do you think when he sees the cops put on the lights... Do you think he goes, Shh, law lets me get away with it? You think that guy, think the law-abiding citizen doesn't pull over? Or do you think the person who might be somehow involved in crime decides not to pull over? I would assume that the person who's probably more likely to be a criminal or to be wanted by the police or have outstanding bench warrants or have something in the car or have some reason not to want to be pulled over drives away. Yep. Could be. Again, 
Just, who knows? I'm just a guy wishing I had a house on the hey, lake. R- Tiny little shack on the hey, lake. I didn't even tell you about the. I didn't even tell you about down. the bill that if you're driving a light truck or an SUV and you get pulled over by an officer because you're driving a light v, uh, SUV, it's a hundred dollars more in your fine. That's actual bill that they're discussing. So, because you have more responsibility as driving a big truck than you do a little car. Was, was that a bomb? It was a hot take. That was, oh, I used okay. that for sure. No, no, we're not, we're not blowing wow. anybody up here, Matt. Don't no, no, no. All right, let's get him out of here. All right, hey, Matt, appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. And next time, we'll make sure we uh, break all the rules and play your NCAA <laughs> music. <laughs> have ourselves thrown off the air. All, all right. right. Uh, there he goes. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Go back to that little house of yours in the lake. And uh, let's see. <laughs> He's never going to live that one down. <laughs> It's a Friday. That's right. Oh, yes. At 530, we're going to be doing the know-it-all quiz. We have some fun questions and stories we have covered, I mean, just up and down the news. We're covering those five stories for you all week long. All you got to do is uh, text us. Uh, text, come on through the Steve Ravian text line, one 888 Oh, sure, it's getting worse. 5476. Oh, okay. Uh, you're going to win yourself a box of Bite Me Cookies. They are the cookies that the teeny tiny lady loves because all the cookies come in the box. Teeny tiny gets a chance to look at each one of them before we wrap the box back up and ship it to your house. Oh, all the cookies, the cookies, right, teeny? All the cookies come to you. That's right. And by the way, I'm having breakfast tomorrow morning with my friend that owns Bite Me Cookies and my friend, Dr. Natalie Ellington. I'm going to try to get these two ladies together because I really think that they could try. I want to get a, I'm trying to get, I want to be able to get Deborah to give a percentage of Bite Me Cookies to support Dr. Natalie Ellington's uh, nonprofit. And if this comes together, Sherry, this would be great. Great! Anyway, um, give Jacob one interesting fact about yourself to play the Nerdola Quiz at 530. All right, well, uh, the, this doesn't shock me, that the fact that study shows the shrinking number of people that believe the news, believes news misinforms. Misinforms. Mm-hmm. Hmm doesn't inform, but it gives you misinformation? Well, this was a poll that was taken by Gallup and the Knight Foundation, and Uh, they asked them a couple of questions. For instance, national news organizations do not intend to mislead, do not intend to mislead. Do you agree or disagree? 50% disagree with that statement, um, Mm -hmm. that they do intend to mislead you. Uh, Do they act in the public interest? Only 25% thought that they did. The, The only thing that people seem to have trust in lately is local news they believe there isn't uh i guess as much manipulation in local news Um, Uh and how do people get their news 58 percent online 31 percent from tv seven percent from radio and but it's a strong seven percent it's a strong seven percent yes um and our good friends good friends the gen zers uh 88 percent uh, get it online. So this is what Sarah Fiorini, she's a consultant for Gallup, said. Uh, it was pretty striking for us that the findings showed a depth of distrust and bad feeling that go beyond the foundations and processes of journalism. Oi, oi. Oh, I, I wonder, they, they've been doing this poll for a while, haven't they? I think they have. Uh, I, yeah, probably. I don't, I don't yeah. know that they n- mentioned that, but yeah. 
I think they have been doing it for a while and checking. I found this. This is from a Newsweek editor explaining why um, there is distrust or how the news media has changed over the last couple of years. And she points back to 2011. Here we go. Used to be journalism. We judged whether journalism was good or bad. We evaluated it based on how many people, how big the reach was. That shifted with the Internet. Online, the way you judge success in journalism is through engagement. How many impressions an article creates, how many comments on Facebook, how many shares on Twitter. And we know, obviously, everyone here knows that the most engaged readers are the most extreme. And that emotion drives engagement. So in 2018, the New York Times created a, um, a, a new way of tracking the emotions of their readers. It's called Project Feels. Um, they had their data science team started asking young affluent readers, you know, people, millennials who make over 100, $130,000 a year to rate how certain articles made them feel and how much they made them feel. And what they found was, not surprisingly, the more emotional, the more the reader was feeling, the longer they stayed on the page and the more likely they were to click on an ad. So that was step one. Step two, they created a machine learning algorithm that could predict how an article was going to make a reader feel. And they now sell that to advertisers. So when Armani comes to the New York Times and says, I would like to buy an ad, the New York Times can say, no problem. How would you like the reader to be feeling when they encounter your ad and how much? Oh, my God. Mm. Holy moly. Oh, but there's no reason to distrust any That's of this why news. President Trump's name appeared 97,000 times in the New York Times in 2017, right? Because he makes affluent white liberals who are the target audience of the New York Times. By the way, that's one out of every 250 words in 2017. Mm-hmm. She compared it to Barack Obama, which was 36,000. His second year is 36,000 times his name and appeared. Feel things very, very deeply, which makes them buy things, which makes them very valuable to the New York Times, right? What happened with digital media was you used to have all of these liberal outlets, which were each catering to a different audience, each catering to a different readership. And essentially what you have now is the Atlantic and Vox and the New York Times and the Washington Post and NPR are all going for the same six, seven, eight million highly affluent, highly educated progressives who live in coastal cities who are going to spend in a way that will impress advertisers, who are going to pay for that subscription to the New York Times because it makes them feel like part of an elite club. All of these outlets are now catering to the same elite readership, and it is that that has driven the way that they cover race more than anything else. It's about class. It's not about race. And that's why you see things like defund the police, defund the police, defund the police, instead of people going into working class neighborhoods and asking people, what do you need to not get beat up and insulted by the police? What would you like to see? How can we help you fulfill the dreams for your children? Cats. I mean, is that a pretty good job of explaining that maybe why people don't trust the news? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. People, uh, I'm sure, are not hip to what she just talked about and and how diabolical it really is and what they're really going after. I, I think it's more that people are just burnt out on the news and they realize that it's all advocacy. We've talked about this before, that people are uh, – they have an angle – they have a position, 
and it doesn't have any sense of neutrality or journalism as we used to know. So I think that's probably more of the basis of the distrust. Is that well, let me ask you this. Is it diabolical that McDonald's has chemically figured out that if a French fry has these six components, it has a stimulate, stimulating effect to the tongue and the brain that make you want to eat it again. It's got a high sugar thing, the way the fat sits on the tongue. They figured out, and the same thing with the hamburger as well, they figured out chemically all the stuff that they need to do in order to make you love McDonald's french fries, right? So in the same way, they have said, we have chemically figured out in the brain what happens if we give you this type of news to stimulate this type of reaction to get you agitated so we can sell you, uh, you know, a, I don't know, a Rolex watch. I mean, is that diabolical? In a way, sure. I mean, but do you think that the, the reporters are aware of this and that they're schooled on this and they're saying use these phrases use these terms as much as possible because we're trying to generate dollars i mean are they in on it i don't think they're in on it i think what you do is they're basically foot soldiers so they're getting indoctrinated into the idea that america is a horrible racist awful country you hire those people and then they just naturally print out and pump out this crap and then you sell watches to rich people that live in New York City and in, you know, Old Town Alexandria, you know, and more specifically right near your house. And then, uh, you know, we're on the West Coast as well. So I think it's diabolical. You, you, listen, you got to make money. You have to be able to make money. You're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. That's why when Pfizer spent more than $100 million just last year on TV ads, you're not going to see ABC, NBC talk about the fact that there's adverse effects to to Pfizer's vaccine. Because you'd be told, hey, 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 they're, they're buying your clothes. They pay for your shoes. They pay for your makeup. They pay for your hair. Don't say anything. I mean, it's all part of this general thing of who's running the media and how much money they make all of it. You know, but then here we are. The, the only nice thing about what we have here at Cairo is that gigantic, beautiful, new Beacon Plumbing traffic desk. Look at that thing, Sherry, with all the pipes and things, and it's got a plunger. I, I just they, love the neon. I think that adds so much, don't you? It's classy, because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, it's very classy. It's no, very but just, they did a good job on that. They, 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 I like they it. did it just enough. Yes, yeah, because you, you really got to watch. Gotta, when one of the letters goes out, look out. open season on balloons so be careful everybody i thought to myself i'll bet people are buying balloons and putting balloons up just to see if they can get an f-22 to scramble and shoot down one of these balloons and i found it sherry i found it finally i found it It was on tiktok did you see it jacob i sent it over to you might not have gotten to you in time um but um because some people are saying well the last three that got shot down they could have been like hobbyist um mm-hmm. Or somebody that had a big balloon and sent it up, uh, not intentionally trying to get the shot down. But um, I was looking at TikTok. These two TikTok kids decided they would uh, send up a balloon um, <laughs> over the Chinese embassy in London. And they got the balloon and they hooked something to the bottom of it and they took it up there and sent it up there. And they just want to get I guess they don't figure they don't care if they go to jail for a couple of days. They get tons and tons and tons of hits. Um if I was just a, if I had a little bit more free time, I would, I'd send one up. See, I think, I think it's, that's really irresponsible because it, to oh, me, it's oh, like, oh, point, oh, point, oh, no, on. it is. 
it, it's it's like uh, pointing a laser at a at a at a jet or something. You know, you just right now that everybody's so on edge with this whole balloon thing, and uh, this hobbyist has admitted that that may have been. His balloon. Now, again, he did not mean to do this. He said, when I heard it was a silver object with the payload attached, I thought, could be one of ours. He's with the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. And I guess they send up these balloons every once in a while. It's no different than what a kid might get at a birthday party, about 10 to 15 bucks. The missile, though, to shoot it down, Mm -hmm. 400,000. So... He's not mad about the fact that they may have destroyed his balloon. Uh, he says it was, you know, a matter of the public interest. But clearly the government is saying we can't seem to retrieve this balloon. They are never going to find it for fear it is part of the Illinois bottle cap balloon brigade and that they messed okay. up that badly. So if you think we're ever going to know what it is, I, I doubt it. I sincerely doubt if they're ever going to figure out what that thing was. But you see, so these guys that sent the things up, I think other people will follow along with this. I get it. It is irresponsible because you are scaring people. They are going to probably send a jet up there. But if you can get that kind of reaction, you think, well, nobody gets hurt. You know, it's the old thing in high school or grade school. Kids would pull the fire alarm because they didn't want to take a test that day or something. It causes a distraction. They get some attention out of it. And I'm surprised there's not a TikTok challenge. Hey, send a balloon up and see if you can get the thing shot down. I looked up online. I sent you. I sent you the. Did you see the picture I sent you? You can buy one of those giant balloons on Amazon. I did see that. Yeah, that is a that is a big balloon. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how do you how do you launch that thing? I mean, that's that's like. Uh, what do they do? I mean, does it ha- how does it get up in the air? Helium. I don't think it would go that that high with helium, would it? Could you put that much helium? That helium would be, I mean, that's a lot of helium. That balloon is like three I, times the size of the lady that's that's leaning on the balloon. I, I'm telling you, it, once it gets up there and gets caught up in the winds, I remember one time for New Year's Eve, we did these, we bought these Japanese or Chinese lanterns. You fill up, you put mm-hmm. fire in the bottom of them. Sure. You done those things? Yeah, yeah. We bought like 10 of them and we tied little notes like wishes for the new year. And uh, one of them went up and then caught on fire and came down and landed <laughs> in somebody's backyard. Oh, no. It's like, I hope your New Year's resolution is <laughs> to burn down somebody's house. Right. The bushes are on fire. They go out and get your little note. Have a prosperous 2012. Yes. <laughs> Blessings. Our New Year's I'd like to meet a like to meet a fireman this year. All right. righty. <clears throat> Not that we're encouraging anybody to do that, but put the name of a radio show on it. And, you know how the balloon gets shot down. We'll we'll give you a history of rock calendar. Or bite me cookies. When we were kids. No, they don't want to be involved in that type of thing, Sherry. Okay. Oh, All right. All the cookies. All right, Teeny. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to yell at her. Jeez.